everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Family Business Today, where every family business has a story to tell and a step to take to not only thrive, but working together, create a lasting family legacy. I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Tom Hubler. Tom is a published author, professional speaker on family business, and owner of Hubler for Business Families. Having seen firsthand the challenges family businesses face, Tom shares ways to help family businesses grow through them in his book, The Soul of Family Business. Well, hello, Tom. Thank you for joining me for this edition of Family Business Today. Good. Well, Tom, tell us about how you got into family business counseling. Well, uh, it depends on how far back you want to go. But when I was a young professional, I was out giving a talk and someone asked me, how did I get into the business? And they said, uh, and I said spontaneously, I said, well, there are two answers. The professional answer is I did well in psychology. I said, the real answer is I started it as an unpaid volunteer in my own family at age seven. So <laughs> I've been doing family family work since I was a kid. But, but the, the in regard to family businesses, it was really an accident. I originally, my original career was to be a family counselor. And then I got a Bush Leadership Fellow to study organizational development. And I got it by saying that mental health professionals don't do within their own systems what they teach their clients to do. So uh, that was my plan. It was a brilliant idea. I got to go to school again, but it never dawned on me that there's no money in their budgets to pay for those services. So I went, duh. And then I was in Cleveland to deliver a paper to conference, and I accidentally came across an unpublished paper on family-owned businesses. And I read it on the airplane coming back to Minneapolis and said to my partner, who was an attorney, this is a much better, better blend of our backgrounds. And that's how we got started. And at the time, there was only a handful of people in the country and only one university program which was at uh, the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School of Business had a family mm -hmm. business program. So we were in, in the, you know, sort of the pioneers in the field of working yeah. with family businesses. Well, well, that's, that's great. Uh, I know people ask me um, how I got into, it, and I said, well, I worked in our family business and I learned everything like, firsthand of what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great place to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great school to go, go to, especially when your uh, parents are the professors. <laughs> well, um, we mentioned uh, that you've uh, written a book, The Soul of Family Business. And in that book, you define the soul of a business as having to do with the family's values, love, and their heritage. Right. Tell us more about what you mean by that. Well, first of all, when I first started doing this work, you know, I was a neophyte, particularly in, in terms of the business part of it. And there was always discussion about the bottom line, about business, and the bottom line, and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. I thought, I thought why, why isn't there a bottom line in terms of the family? I mean, that's an integral part of what goes on in the family business. Yeah. So, so that's where my thinking first started. And then as I got along and got into this, I began to realize that the essence of a successful family business are its values. And when you put those values together to create a vision statement for the family, that becomes the soul, the essence of what the family business is all about. And to me, that's their secret sauce. I mean, basically what's what's unique about, like for instance, your family and your family business are your family values, your family heritage, all the things that have gone on to make you as a family who you are. And that's what distinguishes you from all of your competitors are, are those values. And that's what makes the difference in family, you know, for a family business to use it as an inspiration to inspire them 
to to ascribe to and achieve whatever it is they want as a family as a family business mm. and to and to use it as a daily reminder or inspiration of 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 what the family is all about and then related to that is the reciprocal commitment to each other's success and that's what's one of the things that distinguishes a family from another business particularly in terms of ones that are successful is the notion of the reciprocal commitment to each other's success. So that's the essence uh, and the soul of family businesses. And the idea, as I said, is to practice it every day. Hmm. That's 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 great. Uh, reciprocal commitment to each other's success. Right. Uh, we know we that, know that when we're working with siblings, uh, uh, they forget that often. That's that is reciprocal, and I think that's a, a great word to use. Part of that uh, and, comes and, from uh, a concept called the boss that was developed by a guy named Sherrod Miller. Mm-hmm. And the, the boss, you know, when I talk with clients periodically, I, you know, I say my job is to help the boss be successful. And in, and whenever I do that, they think I'm talking about the senior generation. And I say, sorry, mom and dad, I've just demoted you. You're no longer the boss around here. And, and they go gulp. And I say, well, the real boss is an acronym. And the B is for the business. And what do we need to do to take care of the business? Because that's a number one priority in family businesses. But equally, and if not more important, is the old part of the boss, which is what do you want for the other about what, what the other wants? And so like if you and I are in business together, what do I want for you about what you say you want? And you need to know that I'm committed to helping you get that and vice versa. And we have a reciprocal commitment to each other's success. And that's what creates a team is people committed to helping each other be successful. Then the first S is, what do you want for yourself? It's important to be able to articulate what you want for yourself, but you can't have a team if people only think about what they want for themselves. So that's the reason we create the common vision, so that as you articulate what you want for yourself, it's done under the umbrella of the common family vision. And then the last S is, what do you want for the other stakeholders, which I would define as the family as a whole, the employees, the customers, the vendors, the board, so the goal is to create win-win solutions that would honor the boss to help the family business become a vision-driven family-owned business as opposed to problem-focused. Well, that, uh, so the secret sauce is the the vision. Well, uh, I suppose one of the things I'm thinking about, Tom, is uh, especially when you're working with third and fourth generation uh, family business members who may or may not remember uh, the founder of of the family business or what his vision was for starting the business. How do you protect that vision generation after generation after generation? So, So one of the things I do is, is work with a family business to create this common vision. So if you can imagine a eight by 11 sheet of paper at the top of the uh, paper is um, the family's common vision. And I ask them to recite that on a daily basis. Then just below that is a family prayer, which is may our family be filled with loving kindness, may our family be well, may our family be peaceful at ease and may our family be happy. And then on your sheet, you would have your own individual vision. And then uh, below that would be a system called kithing. And kithing is a Scottish word that means connecting at a spiritual level. And it's a synonym for the old part of the boss. So every day you would kithe or have that reciprocal commitment 
to come back to me and and basically uh, support me and what I'm doing. And that's the thing that I believe that family businesses need to do on a daily basis to continually remind themselves of what they're here to do and why they're here to do it and to support each other in the process of achieving their successful family and family business. Well, that's a good segue into our next question because uh, uh, you do talk about uh, love and we usually don't think of uh, love. Uh, we think of that from a personal standpoint, not from a business standpoint. And of course, I'm a real fan of uh, Tina Turner and she sang a song, What's Love Got to Do With It? So we don't usually think about it that way. So how does love factor into all of this? Uh, you know, it's the be all end all in family businesses. And to start with the research on successful family businesses are and is that when the family is in harmony and loving each other, the business prospers even more and is significantly different in terms of their financial success. But in addition to that, I have, in my book, I've got an, uh, uh, my, it was my, originally my David Letterman list of the 10 <laughs> obstacles to succession planning. And so sometimes when I'm giving a presentation, I'll say, well, well what do you think the number one issue is? And, and so people, you know, they guess taxes and money and all kinds of things. And I say, no, 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 no. The number one issue in family businesses that are, that are unsuccessful is a lack of expression of appreciation, recognition, and love. And that's what drives the system. Now, the senior generation, when they get into their, when they get into their 60s and 70s, is secretly looking for validation. And they will deny to their dying day that they need it or care about it or are interested in it. And what happens is the younger generation, adult children, take their parents for granted. They love them but they fail to tell them how much they love them and appreciate them and what they've done to help them be successful mm -hmm. and vice versa. It goes the other way too. So, uh, you know, parents love their kids, but they don't tell them that they take them for granted. And of course, that's what creates some of the rifts in family businesses and why I've got work is to help people sort that stuff out. Hmm. Oh, that's you what's know, love I, got to do with it. That's so I, there's another quote I'll give you. I'm not sure if you're a movie person, but there was a movie in 1957 called The Bridge on the River Kwai. And oh, yes. Story, uh -huh. It's a story about a, a, a British group of prisoners of war who are being forced to build a, a, a bridge for the Japanese. And Alec Guinness got the uh, Oscar for Best uh, Performance and the film got a Best Oscar for Best Film. But at the very end of the film... Alec Guinness is standing on the bridge, reminiscing about his career to the Japanese colonel. He said, you know, I've been in the service for 28 years, and I don't think I've been home more than four months that whole time. Uh, I don't think I would have had it any other di any different, but I loved India the best. But when you realize you're closer to the back end than to the front, you begin to wonder about whether or not your life has meant something or not, particularly mm -hmm. in comparison to other men. I don't know if that thinking is very healthy. But I must admit, I've been thinking like that from time <laughs> oh, to time. Oh, great. So, Thanks for reminding me that I'm going to go back out and uh, rent the movie and uh, and watch. It's been a long time, but that's a great ending uh, to that. Well, you, you really sort of lead into to my next question. Uh, uh, you know, we, you know, in a family business and uh, and really for anyone in business, but particularly in a family business, there's sort of this life cycle uh, that we go through as a young young uh, person or even maybe back uh, in school, sweeping floors and everything else. And then, 
going off to college and coming back, join the family. So uh, first, we're learning the business. Then secondly, we're doing the business. Then thirdly, we're teaching the business. And then finally, uh, as we uh, begin to transact, transition out of the business is letting go of the business right so so what's what is the impact of that on a family business well that you know that's a a major sort of transition point in in many most family businesses when they get to succession planning and it's learning doing teaching and letting go and it doesn't go one two three four like that there are oftentimes challenges between um doing and teaching owner entrepreneurs love to do what they do and they're not not always good teachers and at the very time that the adult children should be emancipating themselves and leaving home when we all leave home the business is demanding that they spend more time with uh, with their parents and that type of thing so that's a that's a rub in addition to that i um uh owner entrepreneurs love to do what they do and when i taught at the university of st thomas one of my colleagues told me a story about his father-in-law who owned uh, three Firestone stores. And he said, mm -hmm. Glenn, one day, he said, when I go to heaven, I hope I can still sell tires. So his <laughs> fantasy of going to heaven was selling tires. Well, that's true for most family businesses. So the idea of the owner entrepreneur basically, uh, you know, being willing to give up or let go, which is the next one, is really, really, really challenging. And one of the things I've come to is the realization of what I call the last challenge of entrepreneurship. And my belief is that owner entrepreneurs don't have to leave the company, but what they have to do is change their job description and become the architect and the designer of the new ownership system and the new management and leadership system with, mm -hmm. their, with their family and their advisors and mm -hmm. choose something in the company that they can continue to come to on a daily basis and not interfere with the uh, ongoing uh, success of the company. And owner entrepreneurs are driven by their dreams. And as a result of that, they're being challenged to develop a new dream in relation to work, active leisure time, relationships, service, philanthropy, legacy, all those sorts of things, the grandkids. And that's what their job description is, you know, should evolve into as they go uh, to promote their legacy. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, um, well, let's let's transition just a little bit and talk about this uh, transition planning from generation to generation. And we always say that uh, whenever there's uh, two or more family uh, uh, members come together uh, uh, in a transition planning process, uh, uh, that uh, uh, there will be some type of conflict. Uh, it doesn't have to be, but most often there is. So when conflict erupts as the younger generation begins to do the business while the entrepreneur is letting go, how can various mindfulness and forgiveness practices facilitate each phase? Well, you know, part of it is having a plan, you know, about how to communicate and manage your differences. And one of the things that uh, family businesses that are successful have are regular family meetings. And the reason for having family meetings, and they're a hybrid, basically to manage the boundary between your business and family relationship and to have regular meetings about things like uh, these kinds of challenges that you're referring to uh, is really very helpful. Then the other thing that you're sort of alluding to is the fact that it's impossible to live in a family with people we love, a regular family, let alone a family business, and not inadvertently step in each other's toes. And so uh, it happens all the time. And successful families and successful family businesses 
are able to take what they learn on the weekends and take it into their regular life and forgive each other and create a new beginning. So that's essential. And then some family businesses where they've, you know, basically lost trust and confidence and love and so forth. In my book, we, there's a section in there that talks about creating a family forgiveness ritual where you can have a ritual to kind of get yourself back on track again. And it's really, really, mm. really important to do that. Well, that's, that's great. Great to share share that with, with us. Uh, well, you talked about one thing, regular uh, family meetings and having a plan. But uh, I know you've worked with over 500 family businesses in your career. What are some of some action items that often derail family-owned businesses during the transition planning process? Well, uh, first of all, there are two major pitfalls from my perspective in family businesses. And the first one is avoidance. And there's a tremendous amount of emotional avoidance in particularly in terms of succession planning, because in order to do succession planning, you have to talk about two of the three most difficult things to talk about in our culture. You have to talk about money, which is hard for many families to talk about. And in addition to that, you also have to talk about um, the death of the senior generation and nobody wants to talk about that. So that's a big one. Then the mm -hmm. second one is the failure to have a plan. And uh, the idea is if you're gonna be successful, you have to have a plan. And there are four plans you need to have in a family owned business. The first is an ownership plan, which you know, includes the estate plan and the governance plan and so forth. The second plan is a management and leadership plan, which gives into the thing we were talking about earlier about the last challenge of entrepreneurship and developing a new dream for yourself. But in addition to that, the plan for training and development and selection of the next generation of leadership. And the third plan is a business plan about how you're going to sustain the business going forward. And when you've got a, when you're an entrepreneur, you can have the business plan in the back of your head and it works just fine. But when you've got multiple leaders in a family owned business, and this is one of the things, again, you were alluding to in terms of conflict, you have to have a plan that we all agree on going forward. And then the last plan is a family plan about how to, be a family without the undue influence of the business. Mm -hmm. And when I taught at St. Thomas, I used to say that business and financial differences will erode family relationships. It's just a matter of time, unless the family is proactive and positive to pre preserve their family relationship. And what I say these days is that it's important to build the emotional equity of your family while you're simultaneously building the equity of your company. And unless you do that, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have problems. So that's a then there's a then I mentioned to you my list my my uh my list of ten obstacles to succession planning, and I think that um, number two I mentioned number one is lack of expression of love. The number two is lack of forgiveness. People not willing to be uh you know they're they're in in a win lose sort of a situation. Um, entitlement. One of the things that you know when I first started doing this work. Uh, you know, 35 years ago, people used to say to me, I bet you lead, meet a lot of younger generation adult children with silver spoons in their mouth. And I said, no, 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 I really haven't. But guess who I do meet that is entitled? It's the senior generation. And sometimes they mm -hmm. say, well, I'll just do whatever the heck I want to do here. And you guys can take care of this after I'm gone. And, yeah. and, they, and we they, hear that they, way often. Yes. <laughs> so that's another one. And then uh, another one that's really... Um, problematic is indirect communication. And so if you and I have got a problem with each other, I don't uh, talk with you about it directly. 
I call up your wife and I say, what's going on with Greg? What the hell's wrong with him? And she said, well, haven't you talked with him? And I say, no, you can't talk to that SOB. You know what he's like. <laughs> and, and I poison the well. I get a third person involved. And that's rampant in families in general, but certainly family businesses specifically. So that having direct communication is really, really important. Um, another, one, another one that I would recommend or, ob or observe is history. It's important to embrace our history. And there's a tendency for people to not want to embrace their history and when they, they want to push it away. And uh, a guy named Soren Kierkegaard, who was a Danish existential philosopher, said, life can only be understood backwards, so you have to embrace it. But in order to be successful, you have to live forward. So the, 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 the paradox is if you want to go forward, you have to go backward and embrace your history. Mm -hmm. so, so those are some of the, you know, the regular sorts of things that occur. Oh, one last one is the lack of expression of feelings and wants. And when communication breaks down in a family or a, any other organization or business, it's usually because feelings and wants are not being expressed. So those are some of the obstacles. Oh, well, thanks for sharing that. I wish you had been around uh, 25, 30 years ago when I was working with my dad in our family business. I, 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 I think I think of a story that my wife, uh, uh, Jennifer, uh, told me one time. She said, uh, I knew that every every night you were going to come home and at dinner time we were going to have uh, Herman, who was my dad's soup for supper. And my <laughs> mother would tell her that every every night when dad would come home, he'd have Greg's soup for supper. So, <laughs> so, so. <laughs> there, there was a book called Managing from the Heart and the heart was, <laughs> was an acronym. And one of the things, the R of that acronym is to remember to look for my loving intentions. And my experience is that nobody gets up in the morning and says, how can I go down to the office and screw up my company or screw up my family? People just don't do that. But they but they forget about the fact that we all have got loving intentions. They may be different, but they're loving. And that's one of the things that happens between fathers and sons all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, boy, there's some great, great, great ideas, but our... our uh, Listeners might say, well, that sounds great, uh, Tom, but, but uh, what are some action items? So could you share maybe one or two things that uh, when they get off listening to this uh, podcast, they can go back to their family business and do right now to start the process? Um, I think that, you know, one of the simplest things to do is to have a sense of gratitude for the blessings gratitude. that you have and that. Uh, there's a guy named Ahmad Sood who is, runs the stress reduction part of the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And he says that, uh, you know, they, they start the day with shared attention or kind attention. And shared attention is basically before you get up in the morning to think about four or five people in your family that you want to wish well and positive things for. And kind attention is the first 10, 15 people you meet, you do something positive, look them in the eye, open the door, do something like that. And then the, uh, he, he says, he doesn't use the word lenses, but there are five lenses that he suggests that people use. And it's compassion, which is basically, you know, being with other people, being with your family, understanding their concerns, acceptance, realizing that you're not the, uh, the boss, that there's a, a power higher than us. Then the third is acknowledging there is a higher power. The fourth is forgiveness. And, then, and the uh, fifth one is gratitude. And so that gratitude, from my perspective, is an integral part of a successful family business. 
And being able to practice that on a daily basis uh, is really important. And in my book, there's a, I'll read you just a quick excerpt. It says, gratitude is the critical ingredient in strong relationships. In family, friendships, working relationships, gratitude is the goal, glue that holds people and groups together. Teamwork, in my opinion, is a non-sentimental expression of gratitude. And so that's what I think uh, people can be doing immediately, simply, easily, without a lot of hassle and a lot of work or a lot of reading or whatever to get mm. get things going on the right track. Oh, great, 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 great uh, uh, suggestions there. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, a conflict uh, happens often. You talked about communications earlier, uh, earlier on there, and not communicating. But um, uh, I have, I have two hats. I have a boss hat, and I have a dad hat. Um, and so, uh, the next generation, uh, when they're in disagreements uh, in business or whatever, how how do you, as the dad? Uh, know which hat to put on when you're talking to your son or daughter or whatever in about business, and when does your children know which hat you have on <laughs> when you're talking to them? Uh, they don't, and that's the problem. Yeah, you know. And I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, a number of years ago, this is you know really early on when we first got started. The officer office manager asked me if if my daughter would be willing to or available to to share the um, receptionist position with another high school student. I said, well, I'll check. Turned out she wasn't available. So I said to the office manager, what about my son, John? And she said, mm, isn't he a little young? And I said, well, would you interview him? So John was 15 and I went home and I said, now, John, there's this opportunity down at the company and here's what it pays. And he got all excited because it paid more than fast food. And so then I said, now, John, I'd like to suggest you wear a shirt and tie for the interview. <laughs> and, and then I said, well, you have it however you want. Well, anyway, so what happened was he got down to the office and he got hired on a one day probation. And he ended up working the whole summer and did light typing, answered the telephones and corrected the tests we used. But the, the day that it was announced in a staff meeting that he was gonna be working there, I began to choke and began to say things like, uh, I heard my client say, I hope he doesn't embarrass me. I hope he doesn't act down here like he acts at home and I hope he works hard and that sort of thing. And on the home front, my daughter, Kirsten, who was not available to take the job because she was going to the University of Minnesota in a special program to get minority students into science careers. And we would come home and she'd say, he took my job. I said, what do you mean he took your job? And I and and uh, of course, John would come home and say, well, he took me out to visit a client today and he took me out to um, to uh, visit a client and lunch and all any of that sort of stuff. Anyway, so I began to realize like, holy smokes, how did I ever get into this mess? And so the way to deal with that, I think, is to be clear about what your role is a, as a father, which is altogether different than your role as an employer. And, uh, you know, we don't do performance appraisals on each other as family members, but we do do performance appraisals and we do do have criteria for entering in the business competency and productivity are the criteria for people coming into the business and working mm -hmm. in the business. And we need to make clear the distinction between the two. And when I'm at the company, I'm talking with you as a parent, excuse me, as a, as a manager, boss, mm -hmm. whatever. And at home, I'm talking about our family relationship. 
And one of the things, you know, you've really hit on something here. One of the things that happens in family businesses is the fact that the business takes over the personal relationship and they're like a father son relationship is often lost in terms of their business relationship. And so that they need to have a clear understanding about what they need and expect from each other as a father and son. So they don't lose that relationship to the uh, business relationship. So it's important right. to nurture the father son relationship because it's yeah. at risk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, let's, going going from that, that well, that's that's good good stuff. We could spend uh, uh, a few hours breaking breaking all of that down, but but um, uh, let's talk about the the transition uh, uh, process here. You know, um, most individuals, most families, will only go through one transition. Or they may go through two transitions, one when it's transitioning to them and one that's transitioning to uh, the next generation. Um, and, um, you know, being family uh, uh, advisors and counselors like we are is, uh, I tell folks, I don't know of anyone, any family that all wakes up uh, one morning and all together says, why does business have to be so darn difficult? Let's go out and hire an advisor. <laughs> Why is it important to have a third-party unbiased advisor involved in the planning process? Uh, you know, it has to do with uh, creating objectivity and uh, and structure and formality. And uh, that that in the normal course of things, people's vision is clouded by their emotional experience and what's going on in their family and the culture and so forth. So it's important, I think, to have an independent perspective to take into consideration when you're planning for the future. And having, you know, it's like, um, if you're a family business, the first time you go through that is the first time you go through that. But people like you and I have gone through this, like you mentioned, I've gone through it at least 500 times and mm -hmm. you probably an equally amount of number of times. And so we have the experience to help people learn how to be successful and avoid the pitfalls of, of transitions and inadvertently step on each other's toes by creating, you know, like what I say to people, in order to be successful and create a balance between your family and business, and have, you think about it in terms of two circles, a family circle and a business circle, you need to have structure and formality. And clients said to me, Tom, we don't need all that structure and formality because we love each other. And then I say to them, it's because you love each other that you need structure and formality. Mm -hmm. And people like us are the ones that have the experience to bring that necessary structure and formality to help them be successful, both as a business and a family. Hmm. Good, good. Thanks thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing that. Well, uh, Tom, you've already mentioned your book, The Soul of Family Business, A Practical Guide to Family Business Success and a Loving Family. Where can our listeners pick up a copy? Uh, Amazon.com has got copies of the book. Yep. Okay. All right. That's a good, good place to go to get it there. Well, you know, uh, you know how time flies when you're having fun, and I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation uh, today, and I look forward to continuing it uh, more in the future. But uh, what are some closing thoughts you would like to leave our listeners with today? I think that, you know, what's really, really, really important, um, and I've said this earlier in our conversation, is the uh, the idea of gratitude and, and basically, you know, practicing gratitude uh, as a way to uh, strengthen your, your family and your family business. 
And I'll, I'll read you one little sentence quote here, which is gratitude is the way the heart remembers kindness, cherished interactions with others, compassionate actions of strangers, surprise gifts, and everyday blessings. And so gratitude is the, uh, the key to success and something that I'd like to leave you with. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Tom, I'm grateful for you for being my guest on Family Business today. Please accept our best wishes for continued success as you help family-owned businesses succeed. To learn more about Tom Huber, visit his website at T-O-M-H-U-B-L-E-R.com. Thanks, Greg. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Today podcast. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, located in Nashville, Tennessee, our passion is to help families create a positive environment where the family thrives, the business performs, and working together, create a lasting family legacy. Would you like the opportunity to be in a small group community of like-minded family business owners and leaders and get access to years of experience and wisdom from other family business executives just like you? Well, if your answer is yes, I'd like to invite you to consider joining a family business mastermind group. To learn more, visit our website at www.thefamilybusinessmastermind.com. Meanwhile, if you want to talk, we will listen. So until next time, thanks for joining us.